especially those of you who've been with us for many years, you know it is very, very rare that I uh, have a guest speaker that's not our staff. We have so many good preachers here. But the gentleman that's going to share today has been my friend for 30 years. Now, he can be that old, but I can't be that old. I met him as a, a youth pastor at Georgia Youth Camp. And he, uh, I've got so many stories I could tell you. They're, they're unbelievable. Very few people tickle me. Just tickle me. Laugh. And he'll have me laughing sometimes just so naturally funny. Uh, and that's not all there is to him. But one of the funniest men I've ever met. And so effective as an evangelist. Uh, Lee, and he'll share some of this with you literally travels the U.S. telling stories. And while they're laughing, he preaches the gospel and shares the gospel of Jesus Christ. So instead of flattering him, I want you to welcome uh, our minister and my friend, Lee McBride. It is so good to be here. Thank you so, so much for the opportunity I very rarely make a call to go somewhere, but I was missing you guys so bad, I invited myself. So thanks, Pastor John. I just said, hey, I'm fiending. You know, I'm jonesing to come back to uh, Christ Chapel Sports Town, so I, uh, I'm just honored to be here. I'm, I really am. Now, I do love John Wood, and I, I've said this a bunch of times. He knows this. I don't, I don't say this to, to pump sunshine at him. We're already dear friends and blood brothers. I, I think John, in my opinion, is, is my generation's finest preacher. And I don't listen. I, I don't get to come here a whole lot. The last time I just popped in here, they had a football game over there. And O'Wood was playing quarterback. I, I just couldn't figure why nobody didn't rush him. He can throw. He not as, he's not as mobile as he once was. But they did win. The, the older they, they beat a team of young people. It was awesome. Uh, but I do hear him preach a lot. Uh, I listen to a lot of preaching. One of the greatest gifts my dad, who's a pastor, who pastored for 40 years, ever gave me is I got, he gave me all his old cassette tapes, not just him preaching, but just great preachers. But I will say without fail, every week, I shouldn't say every week, I don't know if every really exists, but practically every week I listen to y'all's church service because I love his preaching, and I'm just honored to be here. I have another great uh, friend. I don't know if he's here this morning, but if you see him, will you hug his neck? I'm so proud of him. Uh, Terry Theus I met on the softball fields 30 years ago. He was a lot better than me. We could not get him out. I mean, he played on another church team. I hated him in my heart for a little while. You, you couldn't get the guy out. I mean, he's, he stepped into the batter's box without a hair out of place, you know, hit it wherever he wanted, and then once you moved everybody around, tried to get him out, he just hit it over the fence, you know, and grin at you while he's running around the bases. But I preach somewhere about every weekend, but I couldn't be prouder of Theus. I mean, he preaches somewhere about every night, and he preaches to people who can't give back to him. So if you see him, would you hug his neck, tell him I'm so proud of him, I'm the, I love him. And I, I'll say this, then we'll get started. I, 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 I got some CDs out there. I had a few people come and say, when you and Joe and John, you, you know, we, 
periodically will do all three of us a, a comedy thing here at the church. Joe and I have a brand new CD. It's just travel stories. It's called Road Dogs. I'm not selling them today. There's just a bunch of them out there. If you'd make a donation that helps get me down the road, you know, in 12 years I've never asked a price. I go to any place, uh, no matter what size. I just live 100% on faith. If you'll make a donation, that'll help us. But I want you to have a CD this morning, so it's out there. It's called Road Dogs. Just get it. Let's pray. Lord, we love you so much. And, Lord, I just think that uh, sometimes when I really want to do good because I'm with a dear friend, that sometimes that can be a, a distraction. Lord, I, I just want to say from the beginning of the service that I feel like somebody here this morning is counting on the fact that we've heard from you, that we've prayed and fasted. Somebody here is counting on the fact that, we, uh, that we're authentic and that uh, we mean what we say, we say what we mean, and that we strive to live this thing. Holy Spirit, I just hand this to you, and I'm asking you to do what I can't do. Lord, just prepare hearts. Lord, I learned a long time ago the same sun that hardens clay melts wax. So prepare our hearts for this simple little story. In your precious name we pray and everybody said. Now, I'm, I'm not, I, I preach a little different than your pastor. I'm really just a storyteller. Uh, I did youth pastor for 13 years. I pastored for three years. And growing up, my heroes were my dad and Jerry Clower. Y'all remember Jerry Clower? <laughs> And I started using humor and storytelling to try to win people to Jesus Christ. And uh, Friday night, I, I, I spoke at my 515th Wild Game Supper in 12 years. I'm kind of a full-time missionary to the rednecks of America. <laughs> I really am. So I just want to share a story. If you wanted to follow along, I mean, it's not really a sermon proper, but you could turn to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26, and we'll start at verse 6. This is just a story. Now, I like to play golf, and I'm not real good. My philosophy in golf is swing hard in case you hit it. You know what I mean? I just, I don't like the little delicate chip shots. I like when you just tee it up, and I mean swing. But the most beautiful word in golf is not Augusta. It's not eagle. It's not birdie. I don't know if any of you play or if any of you imitate playing, but the most beautiful word in the game of golf is mulligan. Now, if you don't play, you're not familiar with that term, let me tell you what mulligan means. You can just tee it up and you get a do-over. You get to act like you just didn't hit that ball in the lake or in the woods. How many of you believe in spiritual mulligans? How many are proud that we have a do-over? Huh? That's the most beautiful word in golf. I want to tell you a story about three people who got a mulligan. Matthew 26. Uh, if I gave this sermon a title, it would be a beautiful thing. A beautiful thing. So you got three people here. Now, Matthew 26, around verse 6, they were, it says, They were in Bethany at the home of a man known as Simon the leper. Now, you have to stop right there. Now, I went to Bible college. I learned how to exegete Scripture, and I learned how to study and break down God's Word. Now it's way easier than it was then. Used to, you had to have all kind of big old books. Now, you know, the Internet's made it easier. But here's what I tell people when they say, Lee, give me a, just give me a hint. Help me learn how to study God's Word. Here's the first thing I tell everybody. When you come to something that don't make sense, stop. 
Just stop until you figure that out. Don't keep going. When you come to a city or it mentions a place, just take a minute, stop, go figure out where that is. What is that place called modern day? What is it? And Matthew 26 verse 6 makes no sense. It's ridiculous. It says they were at the home of a man known as Simon the leper. First of all, if you know anything about leprosy, we know it's one of the most contagious diseases on this earth. Now, we don't deal with it a lot in our culture. Matter of fact, there's only one critter in central Georgia carries leprosy. It's one of the most worthless critters on this earth. And if you ever get a chance to leave the road a little bit and hit one, do it for all us who love to hunt. They're terrible pests. Who knows what it is? Armadillo. Possum on the half shell. Shoot ever one of them you ever get a chance, then light a spare tire on fire and burn it. They're terrible, terrible pests. We don't deal with, with, with leprosy a lot, but can I tell you in Matthew 26, it's a little, little different. Man, if you went to the high priest and you were declared unclean, your life was different forever. I mean, you, you couldn't ever hug your babies again. It's not like you could have one last interaction and hug and kiss. They take your clothes and burn them, give you something where they, you'd have to go live in a colony where only leprous people lived. I mean, you still love your family, but one thing leprosy would do is destroy all intimacy. All intimacy. It'd kill it. I mean, I wouldn't quit loving my family if I had leprosy, but it would be different. There's no intimacy. I mean, I, I, I will still be affectionate, but there, it, it's gone. And once you were determined to be a leper, man, I want you to check what I'm telling you now. A lot of people... I think sometimes you just think if it's a preacher, it's true. I want you to check this, and you'll find out it's true. It took me a lot of study. But in that region of the world at that time, when this story is told, when these people were living, if you were determined to be a leper, if you walked a common road, you had to carry something that made noise. I don't know if it was a bell or some kind of shaker, and, but, but when you came in con eye contact with people that were coming down the road, this wasn't a city ordinance. This wasn't the neighborhood watch. It was a mandate that you had to scream three times. The word unclean, unclean, unclean. So that people would know they were coming into the presence of a leper. So they could dodge you, go the other way, keep their distance. Now, the reason Matthew 26, verse 6, don't make any sense to me is because Simon's at his house and he's a leper. But what you're going to find out when you study that scripture is this. It is a true fact that with Jesus Christ, what is unclean can be made clean. Does that bring you some hope this morning? Is there anybody in here that's grateful for the fact that what is unclean when we have a confrontation with Jesus can be made clean? Simon is there. How glad is he to be there? I mean, the, the, the next time he snuggled up to his wife in the bed, the next time he smooched on one of his kids or grandkids, how grateful was he to be there? Well, I hope, church, that he's not one more ounce more grateful than me and you are to be here because we were unclean. We were unclean. And when Jesus drug that cross up a hill, 
and they posted that thing on a rock that looks like a skull, I, we, from that point on, what, can be, what was unclean can be made clean. It's just the truth. Now in John, we ain't got time, but if you used to flip over to John chapter 12, there's somebody else who was there got a mulligan. So Simon got a mulligan. John said that Lazarus was there. Now Lazarus had a worse disease than leprosy. There ain't many worse ones, but John had, I mean, Lazarus had a worse disease than leprosy. Anybody know what that was? Yeah, he was dead. Bad as leprosy and being dead worse than having leprosy. And I don't mean he died for 90 seconds and, you know, saw a light and wrote a blog and, you know, they put him on the Lifetime channel. I mean, no. This man been dead for days. Days. Dead. Graveyard. Dead. They in the fellowship hall eating tater salad telling Lazarus stories dead. I mean, he's dead. Now, how many of you grew up in church? How many of you from childhood been in church? How many of you ever been to vacation, Bible school, kids crusade? Remember when we used to have to memorize the scripture? And if you memorize them three or four scriptures, you got to go in that treasure chest. Isn't it amazing for us that are over 40 years old, what motivated us to learn the word of God? I mean, are we really going to have to go to heaven and tell Jesus it was them Chinese handcuffs and them vampire teeth? That's what did it for me, Jesus. It was them vampire teeth. I went to a vacation Bible school to Presbyterian Church one time, and in their treasure chest they had candy cigarettes. A candy cigarette got me. You remember them candy cigarettes had the little pinky in? But the first scripture we memorized without a doubt was the easy scripture in the Bible to memorize because it's two words. Jesus wept. One down. Scratch it off. But that Scripture, Jesus wept, is descriptive of what happened with Lazarus and Jesus. See, Jesus is out of town. Lazarus gets sick, bad sick, going to die. And they go for Lazarus. Because Lazarus and Jesus had a closely, very close earthly relationship. When they get to Jesus, they say, you, you got to come back. Man, Lazarus ain't going to make it. Jesus said, he'll be all right. He's just asleep. When you're everywhere at once, you don't panic. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when, you, when, you, when your father is everywhere at once, you don't panic. When he can do anything, you don't panic. You don't get in a hurry. You don't, you don't think like other people think. Well, when Jesus gets back and Lazarus is dead, can I tell you, Lazarus' family is sideways. Sideways with Jesus. They run right up to him. And theologians differ here. I'd love to hear Pastor John's view of this, but... In my opinion, what happened is I think their lack of faith broke him down. I think it hurt him. I think he looked around and wondered if anybody really believed that he was who he said he was and that he could do what he said he could do. Regardless, now that's just my opinion, but regardless of what happened, Jesus wept. And you know the story. He goes and speaks life into Lazarus, and Lazarus lives again now. Y'all, before we go any further, how weird is that? How weird is that? That's strange. That's bizarre. I mean, how different would your worship experience be today if you came in and somebody was here, you had been to their funeral? That's, that's, that's bizarre. You know he was known the rest of his life on earth as the man who had died. You know church people couldn't quit talking about it. Can't you hear him now? That's him over there in that red tunic. Don't look. Don't look. That's him. He was dead. He was dead. He's alive again. 
Well, we come to another truth that if we'll let if we'll let it get past knowledge in our head and go to faith in our heart, that not only with Jesus what is clean can be made unclean, but with Jesus what is dead can live again. Now, some of you got your name in the book and you headed to heaven and you dragging Lazarus with you. It's like weekend at Bernie's, four. You got him propped up. You love Jesus, ain't no doubt about it. Your name's in the book, but you got this one need in your life. It's, it's been so big for so long, you just give up on it. I, I just give up. I'm just dragging this with me. Can I tell you that your need, no matter how big, matter of fact, it's hard sometimes to even, to even have the words to pray. It's been a part of your life for so long. It's unlike leprosy. See, some of you can identify with Simon. I met a new friend this morning. Sandy Parker's here. You can find her. She's got on some candy apple red boots. Just look for the boots. They glow in the dark. The reason that I wanted to meet Sandy because I told Pastor John, you know, January the 24th through the 28th, I was at one of my favorite places on this earth. If you ever get a chance to go, I highly suggest you go. There's a lake in northwest Tennessee called Real Foot Lake. It is one of the best crappy fishing, duck hunting lakes in this side of Mississippi. It's gorgeous. Cypress stumps everywhere, gorgeous. I was hunting there about the middle of that week. I got some buddies that are firemen in Columbus, Georgia. I built a great relationship with them the 13 years I was in Columbus on the church staff. I got to talking to them, and the guy to my left is a lieutenant in the Columbus Fire Department, and I knew him. I've known him a long time. And I knew he recently just really turned his life around. Matter of fact, he, he runs the Upward Basketball Program at a Baptist church in Phoenix City. I knew this old boy. I wanted to hear his story. You know where that boy accepted Jesus Christ? At Rand, Randy Parker's funeral, where he came to Christ. See, she can identify with leprosy because that wasn't a bad decision. That wasn't a plan. That just came into her life. Bam! Just out of nowhere. Now, we make bad decisions. We can be selfish and ignorant, but leprosy just comes. It just came into her life. And it's, it, it, it tries to take the intimacy. Then it tries to become your whole identity. But can I tell you, I'm sure there were more. Because I heard from them firemen that attended that funeral that drove over here from Columbus. But there's one man whose life was changed and whose name is in the book of life and now is investing his life. I don't know if you're familiar with upward basketball. To me, it's one of the greatest ideas the church has ever had. If I ever meet the fella, come up with it, I'm going to hug his neck. He's impacting kids all over the Chattahoochee Valley. See, leprosy just kind of, it'll come in, it'll try to rob your intimacy and become your whole identity, but that just comes. But Lazarus is different now. That's something you've been, it's, it's like your Goliath. It's like your Goliath. I, I heard Pastor John preach a sermon about David and Goliath 25 years ago. I still got the notes. And one thing we forget, he, he, he showed me this, I want to share it with you. We, if we're not careful, if, if over there in Children's Church we was to talk about David, well, what story do we tell them? We tell them about Goliath, but Goliath wasn't David's greatest victory. <laughs> not even close. It ain't even top ten. 
just his first. Whether you believe in God or not, the history of Israel, you can read it right now. David's the greatest warrior king that one of them ever led Israel. He overtook nations. Goliath wasn't David's greatest victory, but it was his first. Some of you need to whoop Goliath. You know Goliath had brothers that David hunted down and killed? I, I, my prayer is that you, you, you kill Goliath and God's got a bigger and better spiritual problem out there for you somewhere. Just get a new one. Lazarus is different. It just hangs on. It seems so big. The, the term is so scary that it's hard for us to even have faith. But with Jesus, what is dead can live again. And with Jesus, what is unclean can be made clean. Now, I know you'd get that right if we was taking a test. But look at me, church, right here, my, my good eye. Do you believe that in your heart? Do you live your life like we serve a God who can make what's dead live again? Do you serve a God who can make what is filthy clean? Then there's one more lady in the story. So we got Simon, we got Lazarus. Then the Bible says this lady comes in. Now this is one of the most bizarre stories in the Bible to me. It makes no sense. It says that they're reclining at the table after lunch, these men, and this lady comes in and she's got this jar of perfume. Now it's in three or four of the Gospels, you can read it, and they tell different characteristics, but one thing, it says that that jar of perfume was worth a year's wages. And she walks into the room. Now, even stuff that smells good, we don't want to smell too much of it. Have y'all ever been to middle school camp? Everybody raise your hand, been to middle school camp. Well, let me ask you this. Have you been since they invented, invented Axe Spray? Please tell your junior high children, Axe Spray ain't a shower. I mean, if you, if you take Axe Spray and you spray a cow turd, it's still a cow turd. It's just a cow turd with a little fragrance to it. They don't bathe. The middle school boys, they don't bathe. And they just coat in Axe. And you go to pray for them and you throw up in your mouth. You throw up in your mouth. Because they just hitting another gear. They just catching that part in life where they stink real, 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 real. What is in them boys? It's metallic. It smells metal. Is a metal inside of them? It's like a rusty pocketbook or something. I don't know how to explain it. It, it stinks. And they spray the axe spray. Even stuff that smells good, too much of it is, is bad. I don't understand the whole perfume cologne thing anyway. I think it's way overrated. First of all, women, you wear perfume for each other. You ain't wearing perfume for men. Because I'm going to tell you right now, men don't want to smell no daisy by the brook or no flower in the field. Hey, if you wear, wearing it for us, it needs to smell like Boston butts about three quarters of the way done. Men, is there a better smell on this earth than Boston butts about three quarters of the way done? I tell my wife, Wendy, I wish Wendy could be here today. You'd love my wife. I'm 6'4", she's 5 foot. I don't call her sugar. I call her sweet and low. I mean, she that tall. She that tall. I tell her all the time, baby, if you're wearing it for me, just rub a little peanut butter behind your ear. Make a puppy pull a freight train. You hear me? I'm wearing Rolo this morning. Rolo, $7, Walmart Rolo. It ain't got a man on a polo horse swinging a mallet. 
It's got a farmer on a donkey swinging a bush axe. It's $7. Just squirt it some more. Just squirt it some more. But too much, I mean, it, you, you, you understand what I'm saying. It, too much, it, break that jar, it had to be nauseous. It had to be bad. She, she breaks that jar and then she begins to weep and she begins to serve Jesus and the, the disciples become indignant. Now, people run past this part of this scripture and I love you enough I'm not going to run past it. This really ain't got nothing to do with what we're talking about, but here's a good little side note for you to remember. It won't be popular, but I promise you it's true. See, the very dudes that was fixing to sell Jesus... <laughs> For, for 50 pieces of silver, they become indignant and say, why this waste? We could have sold this and given the money to the poor. Now, what Jesus says is not popular, but it's something we need to know. He says, why are you bothering this woman? And he says this, she has done a beautiful thing to me. Now, there's 12 men following him every step he took. He didn't describe what they did as beautiful. Matter of fact, look at him. He's on them more than he's, he's getting on them. Why this bizarre little act? He says, but you're always going to have the poor with you. I am for any kind of ministry to people who can't give back, but we are going to have to come to the realization there's always going to be a segment of people that can't manage money. Now, I know that, that hurts us, but it's true. He said, you're always going to have the poor with you, but you won't always have me. What gets me is sometimes our people in leadership who can't manage money, they think the answer is for us to give them more money. Now, I'm a simple-minded guy, but that doesn't make sense to me as people who can't manage money to give them more money. There's always going to be a segment of folks who are going to take advantage and not going to have to manage. We still love them. We're going to reach out to them, evangelize them, love them, but there's always going to be a segment of those people. He said, but you're not always going to have me. He says, what she has done, she has done to anoint me for burial. This is a beautiful thing she has done to me. Now, that makes no sense to me. Why this bizarre act? Why is it described as beautiful? I understand Simon. I can identify with Simon. I've had things come into my life from nowhere that tried to kill the intimacy in my relationship with God. I've had things come into my life, tried to Ill kill the intimacy in my relationship with my family. I can understand leprosy tries to become your whole identity, but through Jesus and the blood of Jesus, we're more than conquerors through those things. I can understand Lazarus, but this don't make sense. Why is this beautiful? Well, you never understand it until you know who the lady is. See, I, I, I don't like preachers who try to shock people in, in the pulpit. You know what? Some of these real big churches now, they got preachers that cuss. They'll use old slang word in the pulpit. This is my opinion. Any, kid, any preacher who cuss in the pulpit ought to be shot at, at dawn. That's just my opinion. I'm not trying to shock you or impress you this morning or be cool or relevant. I, I don't know another way to word this. I wouldn't offend you for anything. But this lady before Jesus was the town whore. And everybody in that room knew it. Everybody in that room knew it. She walked right in there. Do you think that she didn't understand that those disciples were going to become indignant? <laughs> you think she don't knew that going in? She knew it. 
See, here's a lady that grasped a tremendous spiritual truth, and as we cannot let our past affect what God has called us to do in the present. Now, if I said we're going to preach on faith this morning, y'all bring people, we're going to preach on faith, you probably think we was either talking about healing or money. But can I tell you, it takes a great amount of faith to receive the forgiveness of God. I mean, there's, we got to turn around. We got to be different. We have to have victory. But this woman had all those things. It took a lot of faith for her to receive the forgiveness of Christ and walk in there. She did not let her past stop her from what God had called her to do in her present. And, and some of you sitting in this church and the devil's got you pumped because all he ever does is when it's time for you to get involved, when it's time for you to do something to make a move, he just plays a little YouTube in your head and you've tapped out forever. You've tapped out forever. Matter of fact, I meet people all the time that go further than that. Not only can they not receive forgiveness, they're punishing themselves. See, that's called penance. They tried that in the early church world, in church history. Read it. You will be blown away what men used to try to do to cover themselves from sin. I mean, climb up a pole and sit for eight days. They jump in briars if they had an impure thought and roll around stupid stuff. The problem with penance is this. Jesus died so that we could repent. See, he paid the price for our sins. So when you try to punish yourself, here's what you're doing. you telling Jesus what you did ain't enough. I'm going to help you. And you might as well shimmy up the cross and spit in his face because I promise you what Christ did was enough. When he said those words, it is finished, that meant the covenant was complete. I'm just asking you, have you got enough faith to accept forgiveness? Another thing she did was she valued what her Savior had asked her to do more than what the people in the room thought. That takes some spiritual growth. We, we worry about what people think. But I'm 51. I turned 51 yesterday. The older I get, the less we care. I had a girl cut my hair yesterday. She said, how do you like it? I said, baby, be honest with you, at this point in my life, it's really more about how it feels than how it looks. Just knock yourself out. <laughs> just knock it, just, you know, whatever you think. Just... You know, I was getting my hair cut at Walmart. I mean, how, you know, how specific can you get? We can't punish ourselves, and we just need to live in forgiveness, and we need to value what God's called us to do more than what people think, because I don't know if you figured this out yet, some of you have figured it out a lot earlier than I did, but do you realize there's always going to be a segment of people who are judging you, who are falsely accusing you, who are criticizing you, who are going to tell you how you should do it? I would say let's just be tuned in to what he calls us to do, and let's do it 100%, and let's try to do it from a humble heart, and let's try to speak the truth. And when we speak the truth, let's try to do it from a genuine, authentic heart of love and see what happens. She didn't care what they said. At that point in her life, you think she cared if anybody had some statement to make? Another reason that I think Christ described it as beautiful is because 
She only had one thing on earth that was worth anything. And she gave it to him all at once. All at once. I was on a missions trip years ago to a little country in Siberia called Tuva. It was a tough, tough, tough missions trip. We eat boiled potatoes for 10 days. Boiled potatoes. I wanted a cheeseburger so bad. I mean, it was tough. It was cold. You know, you go to South America, Central America on a missions trip, you can understand a word every now and then. You ain't understanding no word in Tuva. Everybody talked like Charlie Brown's teacher. I mean, an interpreter saying, we love you. We're so glad you're here. It was a great trip, and we, we helped a lot of churches, but I'll just be honest with you. By day eight, I, I'm ready to come home. I'm missing my wife. You ever missed your family so bad your bones started aching a little bit? I wanted to be home. I wanted to be home. We Finally, the day comes. We leave. We're going to fly from Kazil, Tuva, Kresnyar, Siberia, Kresnyar to Moscow, Moscow, JFK, JFK, Hotlanta, where my car is parked, and we're going to Phoenix City, Alabama. We get to Moscow. You ever watched a film and, or a movie or TV show, and you come down to Escalator Airport, and there's somebody down there got somebody famous's name on a piece of cardboard down there on a sign? I always thought, man, am I ever going to make it big enough where I come down that escalator and there's a limo driver, somebody waiting with you, you know, got your name on a sign. We come down that thing in Moscow, they got our names on a sign. And it's our travel agent. He said, we've made a mistake. I said, what kind of mistake? He said, you, you, you're not going to get to continue travel today. We've made some, you have to stay another day. But they said, to make it up to you, we're going to fly y'all to Zurich, Switzerland. I didn't want to go to Zurich, Switzerland. I want to go to Phoenix City, Alabama. So then the guy starts trying to sell me on the trip. He goes, oh, that's where they make the finest time pieces on earth. I said, no, it ain't. I said, I got a Timex Iron Man on right here. I've had it 11 years. I paid $27 for it. I've washed it in the washing machine nine times. <laughs> there can't be a finer time piece on this earth. He said, oh, that's where they make the Swiss Army knife. Never understood a Swiss Army knife. I love knives, guns. I've never understood a Swiss Army knife. It's got a corkscrew on it. How that's going to help you in a survival situation? A corkscrew? Oh, the plane wreck, good thing we got a corkscrew. I've only found one useful purpose for that corkscrew in a Swiss Army knife. You know how when you pop the lid on a can of Iona sausages, you know how you just mutilate that middle sausage trying to dig it out? Why y'all looking at me holy and pious? Do you think John Wood don't know that you eat buying a sausage? I felt judgment right there for a minute. Some of you have broke the tine on a plastic fork trying to dig that middle sausage out. You just tear them up. But if you'll take that core screw and fish her down real slow... And that middle sausage, you just kind of bump it out. You can eat them all relatively unscathed. That's the one use I've seen for it. One use. But then they said, oh, you, they, they got the finest perfume. Oh. They fly to Zurich and 
Kuzler and Mooney, Scott Stewart, they just go tour Zurich. I said, I'm going to a hotel because the quicker I lay down, the quicker I wake up, the quicker we going home. I didn't see nothing in Zurich. Didn't want to. When I'm walking to the hotel, I'm by myself, and I, right by the hotel at the sidewalk, this beautiful little perfume shop. And in the front window was this big, blue, twisty bottle of perfume, and it had one of them, they call them atomizers. I ain't never bought no smell good in my life that had a, I got one on my Roundup jug, you know, that I kill weed with. I got, pump, 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 pump it up. I ain't got no, but I was missing my wife. Oh, oh, I was missing Wendy Wu and my kids. I wanted to do something nice for something I'd never done. I, I walked in, I had $281 in my pocket. That's all I had. We 13 times on from home. I walked in, I said, how much that bottle of perfume in that window? 230 bucks American. I said, I'll take it. Big, blue, twisty. I felt like the biggest sissy on this earth. I was scared it was going to break, so I carried it all the way home. Flying 13 time zones with blue, twisty perfume. When I got home and I gave it to Wendy Wu, oh, she just cried. Oh, she had that perfume for years. When I read this story, I thought about that bottle because that's how we give what's precious to God. I, I, I'm guilty of this. I'm like, Lord, here I come, man. Strike up the angel band. Get the footage ready. Here, Lord, I'm going to bless your socks off. Are you ready? And I'm going to be back Wednesday night, Lord, and I'm going to give you two. I'm going to tell you something, church. I'm going to tell you, and I mean this my heart. He, he ain't interested in your And I'm going to tell you something else. The Lord don't want more of your heart. He don't want the part of your heart you didn't give him. The Lord wants your heart, and he wants it broken, and he wants it handed to him all at once. We don't do this in chapters. Now, we'll grow. We grow spiritually. But I'm telling you, if you're holding back a part of yourself and you've, you've got some regiment or some plan design, quit all that. Walk into the room. Take the shots that are going to come your way and just give it to him. Sell out. That's why it was described as beautiful. She only had one thing on earth, and she gave it to him all at once. I got a little more to go, but I feel the Holy Spirit tugging on my heart. Just bow your heads. Maybe if the, the music team would come. Maybe just a few people, a couple men, ladies, who, who help people to pray in the altar. You've been a, approved to do that, or you have pastor's blessing to do that. You're on that team. Would you come, just a few of you? Just stand and face the congregation. Just stand with me, church, with your head bowed and in a quiet and reverent spirit this morning.
Maybe you're here this morning, you can identify with Simon. You say, Lee, if you be honest, be honest with you, buddy. I, I've had something that just came into my life. It tried to wreck the intimacy and it's tried to become my whole identity. I'm not going to let it. You can identify with leprosy. I mean, it wasn't a plan or bad decision or failure. It just came. Man, we, we'd love to pray with you this morning. I believe with all my heart if you make a move toward him, he'll sprint to you. Maybe some of you can identify with Lazarus. You said, Lee, I got this thing in my life. I, I had just determined to kind of drag it along with me. I hadn't prayed about it in years. I feel like it almost would intimidate God. It doesn't intimidate him. Maybe there's somebody, a part of your life seems like it's, it's in critical condition. It's dying. And your friends have told you, man, just quit, go, move on. I'm going to tell you, it ain't, even if it was dead, it wouldn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't intimidate God. Maybe some of you can identify with Mary. Maybe your past is so bad, you hadn't really had the faith to, to move on. Because I don't know what your gift is. I, I can just tell you this. You ain't going to be happy till you start giving the gift God's put in you till you start giving it back. But I know what your gift ain't. It's to sit on your rump in that chair and analyze. I do know that's all that's necessary for evil to triumph is for good folks to do nothing. If you need prayer, if the Lord's tugging on your heart this morning, I've, I've, I've given us plenty of time. I want to pray with you. Now, there's nothing special about me. We got folks here going to pray. I'm just going to, maybe me and Pastor John are going to work our way and we just put a hand on your back. I, I can't pray any better than you can. But God has sent me here this morning with this word on my heart. And if the Holy Spirit's used that word to tug on your heart and you need prayer, I'd like to pray with you just a minute. Bro, we, can we sing something here and just sing? Soon as... As Pastor Ben starts to sing, if the Lord's tugging on your heart, not for me. I'm headed to Mobile. I'll be preaching just as hard tonight, passionately, as hard as I can in Mobile, Alabama. It, it, it's, I'm not a, it's not for me, but it could make a big difference for you if, if the Lord's tugging on your heart and you obey. As soon as we begin to sing, if the Lord's pulling on your heart, just come on. Come on this morning and allow us the privilege of praying with you. I surrender all I surrender all All to Thee, my My blessed Savior I surrender surrender all 
Church family, would you just be seated while these are praying? No one leaving, please. Would you bow your heads just a moment? I'm not adding anything to what Lee said. But the person who has to have a resurrection dead people can't help themselves and the Bible said the day is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the son of God and they that hear it shall live I just believe there are people here that God's speaking over you live live to the person that's weighing their options. I'm either going to spend my life on myself or waste my life on God. Will it be said of us in that day that our life was a beautiful thing for the Lord? are praying would you look this way just a moment in just a moment I want to give you an opportunity we're going to take an offering up for Lee the church has already committed to bless him a certain amount but if if you want to give towards his ministry he very understated what the Lord has brought him into he literally travels the U.S. into Bass Pro Shops and does comedy for 30 minutes and then preaches the gospel And you won't find a more effective evangelist. And if you would like to be a part of that and and, and bless him, you just make your check to Christ Chapel. And we'll make sure that that gets to to Lee in just a moment. Were you ministered to this morning? Would you bless him this morning? Would you give the Lord a hand? Ushers, if you will, we're going to take an offering here for Lee in just a moment. If our ushers will help us, we're going to take a a special offering for him.
Guys, just go ahead and serve the church. Just make your check to Christ.